Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Three, two, one. Clap. Boom. <laughs> Clap. The sound of my heart. The beat goes on and on and on and on. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my beloved co-host, the bricking mid-range jumpers to getting grumpy at everyone. It's Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? That feels hurtful towards Russell Westbrook and the people who we're going to talk about later. He's an MVP candidate. <laughs> I was being mean to both Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul, the two people involved in this grumpy boy trade. <laughs> grumpy boy, grumpy boy, grumpy boy, huh? Grumpy boy, grumpy boy, grumpy boy. <laughs> so, yes, we will get into this in full court press, but Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul were traded for each other, which is funny in many ways and interesting in many more. But before we get into that, we've got a little bit of prep we need to do. Mainly, we've got to get on the right clothes, and that clothes is talking about our sponsors and our patrons. But let's head on to the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Teal, she's still alive. She's alive. Well, Mike, you know who loves to put on clothes? Our new patrons. <laughs> we have headband Joe Ingles, who's oh, obviously the real Joe Ingles. Thanks for listening. Neil Roman, Jack Yorston, Fred Castano, and Veronica Bartova. And we have two new producer-level patrons, Catherine Lee and Polly Burridge, who upgraded from $10 to the producer-level tier, who joins our other producers, Brianne Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, James Harden went to Arizona. Arizona State, Hufflepuff Hillary, and Samantha Rose. You get triple doubles and no one is mad about it because you're very obvious about your assists and how you share the ball. That's very important. Triple doubles are fun. And now it's a big question. Do they matter? Oh, I love that Russ is on the Rockets. <laughs> I love the meme that's going around. It's Russ and Harden when they both have nine assists. And it's just like guys <laughs> passing the ball to each other without without scoring. It's very funny. <laughs> well, patrons make me happy. Do we have sponsors? Because they make me happy too. They do. It's Wix. Oh, Wix. I love it. Wix is a fantastic service because let's say you just moved to Houston and you need to make a website 
sharing all of your new fun photos and outfits of all of your shirtless things you're going to wear because it's a million and a half degrees here in Houston. I'm in Houston while we record this. Ooh, fun, yay, it's hot. But you could use a website to do this with Wix. Wix makes it super simple and easy to make a website because they have over 400 templates that are completely customizable depending on whatever you're looking for. So if you want to have a portfolio site or just share photos or recipes or have something for your wonderful and objectively very good basketball podcast, Wix is there for you. <laughs> That's us. Objectively good basketball podcast. We should change our name. I think now on our one year anniversary, we should change it to that. <laughs> if having an awesome website with Wix sounds interesting to you, you are in luck because you can get 10% off as a horse listener. If you go to horsehoops.com slash Wix, click the link, and when you get a Wix Premium account, you'll save 10%. Wix Premium allows you to do awesome things like get a custom domain name or have an email address with your website or get fun and new features. So again, if you want to get Wix Premium, you can head on over to horsehoops.com slash Wix and you will get 10% off. Nice. Before we finish up here in the Teal Memorial locker room and go on to Full Court Press, we have a very fun announcement for something that Multitude has created. It's very exciting. It's been in the works for a while, and it is the Multi-Crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are starting a new membership program with Multitude. We want to give everyone a chance to hear more things that we're creating inside the Multitude studio, and we want to continue to grow our office in the studio. We have these big plans, and we need your support to do it. So if you join the Multi-Crew, you can be a part of the engine that pushes multitude forward for ten dollars a month you get access to an exclusive rss feed with a brand new weekly show from multitude that is head heart gut it is our friendly debate show that features all of the hosts from multitude together we're going to be arguing which is the best of a group of three different subjects from pop culture and from our daily lives and we're going to hash it out together and it's going to be a whole lot of fun you also get pilots of upcoming shows and exclusive live show audio on that rss feed and more you can also go to the 20 dollars tier where you get live streams and voting rights for very important topics for us so you can vote on what topics we're going to cover with head heart gut what topics you want to hear from us from other multitude shows and you're going to get live Jackbox streams and Q&As and even more on a video. And if you do $50 a month, you're going to be enshrined on our founder's wall. You're going to get free tickets to all of our live shows and you're going to get stuff sent to you through the mail. Our founder's wall is real. We've started figuring where we're going to put it in the office. We really want you to be a part of this. If you go to multicrew.club for more information and sign up today, the information is going to be in the episode description. It's really fun and it gives us the opportunity to work on stuff together because we all have our individual shows but now we have some stuff that can bring all of us together and it allows us just to share some bonus features and give you some extra goodies. And in exchange, you guys are helping us grow and thrive and do more exciting things, which you've already allowed us to do. But now it can really help us to do more live shows, be at more conventions, do all this stuff. And it's really going to help us out. It goes directly to us. So this is a great way to directly help all of the shows here at Multitude. Yeah, once again, that is multicrew.club. You can find this in the episode description or you can go to the Multitude social media where we're going to be talking about this a lot. Okay, so we're all ready. We're dressed. Our button-up pants have been ripped off and thrown dramatically into the air. Oh, wait, now we're someone turned off the lights? What's happening? Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. I saw a very good post on Reddit shower thoughts, which is where people post like, I thought of this in the shower questions. And one was, everyone hates singing happy birthday. Everyone hates being sung happy birthday. So what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I honestly love being sung happy birthday, too. I love attention. Oh, it's just too long. It's 30 seconds. That's why I always do it like Marilyn Monroe or like 
old Jewish grandpa Marilyn Monroe. And make it even louder. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, God. But it's Horse's birthday. Happy one year anniversary, Mike. Wow. What a wild experience. It feels like we've been doing this for longer, which makes me happier, which makes me really think we were just talking about basketball via Slack informally in what became Horse <laughs> before we actually started recording it. I feel like everything popped off so hard with the Brian Colangelo texting scandal. They're like, oh, since then, a horse has been going, even though we didn't like record an episode for another few months after that. Before we get into the actual episode, we do want to thank all of the listeners and supporters, whether you've supported just by listening to the show or talking about it on social media or being a patron or all of the above. This show can't be possible without you folks, and it has been just a, a really fun journey to see so much positive feedback come through with the show for its first year, and it, we're only growing, and more and more things are happening with Horse, and we're just very grateful and humbled by how well-received the show has been, and and it's cool because with this show, we, we went out with like a thesis statement, which was, we want to help people know more about basketball, and we've achieved that, which is just very fun to be like, hi, we have a goal. And then you do the goal. It's awesome. Seriously. I feel like we've had a lot of achievements, even though it's just been the beginning. Our first interview with Jeffrey Craner was just like mm -hmm. amazing. And then Jeffrey Craner said at PodCon, this is my favorite podcast, <laughs> which was <laughs> wild. Uh, playing NBA Jam on stage at our live show. And doing a live show in Portland was super cool, too. Oh, that was awesome. And that was at a beer store. That place was awesome. We should go back to Beer O'Clock. I think we should. Seriously, thank all of you so much. And this is the first year of many Hopefully we will be doing this podcast until Eric and I are 85-year-old men and we complain like, well, why don't they shoot threes anymore? The new five-pointer is horrible. But it'll be a fun experience. Where's the five-pointer going to be? Is it like behind the basket? I think it'll be like half court. I actually think that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so let's get it started with full court press. Get it? Like the news? Oh, yes. Oh, it took you a year, but now you get it. Awesome. I did. It's like, I don't even know why you're asking me. <laughs> So the Houston Rockets have traded Chris Paul as well as their first round pick in 2024, their first round pick in 2026, and pick swaps in 2021 and 2025 for Russell Westbrook. Now, this is interesting. The Rockets were able to trade Chris Paul, who was only getting worse and older and more injury prone, so it makes sense in that regard. But trading for Russell Westbrook, someone who thrives with having the ball in his hand and doesn't shoot very efficiently to pair with James Harden, someone who needs the ball in his hand and shoots pretty efficiently and likes to pass to efficient shooters. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, they had to give up a decent amount of picks. The fact that the picks are in 2024 and 2026 is a bit scary because the Rockets could conceivably not be very good in five years. Here's what I'm thinking about looking that far into the future. If the Rockets are doing something that the rest of the league is not doing, I feel like they're on to something because their GM, Daryl Morey, is always ahead of the curve. He was the one who started trading for picks, who looked for shooters, who were always going to take threes. So what I'm thinking is that they're looking at these picks that are in 2024 and 2026, and they're less valuable. I read this article in The Ringer, and it was about how AAU which is this high school basketball association like runs their players into the ground like you'll play two three four games a day and then like this is the way that 
uh, middle school and high school players like get reps and then get scouted to go to college and then go to the NBA, right? It seems like they're playing so much as kids that they're getting run into the ground and then they're more injury prone. So like picks in the future are going to be less valuable because it's more of a crapshoot about who's even going to be good and who's not injury prone. It's an interesting way to look at it. The flip side of the argument is just that the Rockets didn't have anything else to trade. That's a good point. <laughs> so they had to go with that. So apparently what happened was after the Oklahoma City Thunder traded Paul George, it was pretty clear that they needed to go into full rebuild mode to help both the Thunder as an organization, but also Russell Westbrook because Russ is 28 or 29 years old. And he's not at a point in his career where he can withstand a full rebuild. By the time the Thunder will be good again, he'll be very old. So they're trying to do right by him, and he's trying to do right by the team to find a trade that makes sense. So they worked with Russ to trade him to a team that he wanted to go to, and he expressed interest in reuniting with James Harden in Houston. The two of them used to play together in Oklahoma City, and then the Thunder traded James Harden because their owner is bad and and doesn't want to spend money. So <laughs> trade. Get away James Harden for Uh-oh. nothing. Uh-oh. They are now reunited. So that's at least a positive thing for, for Rockets fans is that the two of them are friends. So hopefully the chemistry will be there because that was a big concern with Chris Paul and James Harden is that it became pretty apparent that they didn't like each other. James Harden's a super chill dude and Chris Paul is micromanager to the nth degree and not even just at state farm like in his his other <laughs> job too yeah who gets the state farm commercials in the divorce like does russ become part of state farm now or does chris paul take those commercials or are they gonna have separate rival competing commercials oh uh, listen if i was state farm i'd have rival competing commercials i wonder if this is a factor i know state farm has a large presence in houston i wonder if it's because houston drivers are such garbage <laughs> that having auto insurance and advertising it here in houston makes a lot of sense nope they would be all over long island and new jersey then oh uh, i guess But Houston, also, you get the hurricane factor. So having home insurance is also important and the flooding factor. Sometimes in Houston, it just rains a lot. And then it's like, oh, flooded. And it's not even a hurricane. The hurricane factor is also my favorite special at the dive bar around the corner from the office. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it definitely exists. Uh, So what also is very funny about Harden being traded to the Rockets is that a couple years ago, James Harden and Russell Westbrook were battling back and forth for who would be the MVP. And ultimately, Russell Westbrook ended up winning, mainly because it was the first year since Oscar Robinson in the late 60s that someone had averaged a triple-double over the course of a season, and everyone was freaking out about it. And Harden fans and Rocket fans were clamoring that Russ got these triple-doubles, sure, but the Rockets had more wins, and Harden was more efficient, and we shouldn't be judging stats purely based on if you got double-digit numbers in three categories. But Russ ended up winning. And then the next year, Russ ended up also averaging a triple-double, but Harden won. So it's funny because for the past three years, Rockets fans have been very defensive of James Harden and, relatedly, very anti-Russell Westbrook. And now he's on their team, so they have to think, yeah, we love this guy. Yeah, he's good. If it wasn't so easy to fall in love with Russell Westbrook, I'd say that it's a problem. But it's like you want this chaotic god to be on your team Mm -hmm, as much as mm -hmm. possible. And also he just tries so hard and gave so much love and loyalty to Oklahoma City, which is not the flashiest of towns. There's wonderful YouTube videos of Russell Westbrook just being a really nice, fun dude. And he's very silly. I'm wishing the Rockets nothing but the best. I hope this works. I'm just bummed that Russ is on the Rockets because the Rockets jerseys are ugly. I want 
wanted Russ to go to the Heat so, A, we could get Russell Westbrook Miami Vice jerseys, and B, if he was paired up with Jimmy Butler, it could be Russell My Jimmies. <laughs> That's a t- <laughs> It's so good. That's so <laughs> stupid, Mike. For the memes. It's a good meme. I would also say Harden-Westbrook, very good NBA Jam pairing. Dude, they have to remake NBA Jam. That's now. what How I'm can saying. They not? Someone they needs to make to. it. EA Sports remade NBA Jam in 2012. Really? Yeah, they did. They made an iPhone game for it, which I still play to oh, this day. Oh, I play that, yeah. But also, they they made a pairing game that was, I don't know, what's it when it's like on the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store, but not really like sold in discs? It was like more of like an online game you would download for 20 bucks. Oh, yeah, that one was kind of trash, though. <laughs> iPhone game, 100%. NBA Jam 2020 for iPhones only. Mm, make it happen. Well, that is going to wrap it up for Full Court Press. Get it like the news. Get it like the news. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. All right, Mike. We're coming to the anniversary session of the meat of our episode. Uh, My three on three, I am incredibly excited about because we are going to do our dibs. Now, you might have noticed because (laughs) you're very good at organization. I did three on three last time. Eric, why are you doing again? Well, it's time for me to do the thing that I called dibs on oh so long ago. And, Mike, you're going to get the chance to do your dibs as well. Mike, I'm doing the three best and the three worst rappers who are also happen to be NBA players. <laughs> I'm so surprised you were able to get three for best. <laughs> I'm going to do best first because I need it. It's like a very sliding scale, so I want to get it out of the way. <laughs> Mike, are you ready? I am ready. I'm very intrigued to see who is number three and number two, because I have a pretty good inkling as to who number one is. Listen, it's not my fault one of them is a freestyle god, and the other ones are Lonzo Ball, who is my number three. Is he really? He's he's okay. Oh, no. I've heard the Lonzo Ball rap. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Lonzo has dropped a certain amount of rap singles. Pretty good for someone who's only been in the league for a few years and, I guess, has access to actual, like, decent recording technology he has like migos flow like he just like kind of does like the the triple kit mumble thing like which is fine it's listenable it's definitely listenable raindrop drop top my name is alonzo i got a weird shot (laughs) that's that's hurtful (laughs) to him as a person his album uh was born to ball that came out in 2018 and yes that too you heard right is the number the number two (laughs) and his singles mellow ball one uh, Zoe 2 and Super Saiyan all came out in 2017. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is LeVar featured on any of the tracks? I do not think so. I think that uh. much like the Lakers season, somehow they figured out a way to keep him away from, from the microphone. Shout out to Lonzo for really distancing himself from his over-the-top ridiculous dad. I'm not really I, sure what happened. He basically just disassociated with him he never talks about him he doesn't defend his wild antics anymore which is smart because it was a legitimate concern while lavar ball was being lavar ball that this was going to derail and hinder lonzo's career and he's done a very good job by separating from him and his old business partner just to be like you know what i'm just gonna lay low and play basketball i think him being on the pelicans is very good i'm excited for this new era of lonzo i'm not sure because my conspiracy brain says that lebron paid LeVar Ball like five million dollars just to shut the fuck up no I do think the Lakers gave him money to get him to shut up (laughs) definitely you know Lonzo's able to succeed on his own born to ball peaked at 42 on Billboard's independent albums chart and 13 on its heat seekers albums chart I don't know what those charts are are that means nothing that means nothing (laughs) it means absolutely nothing um Super Saiyan is actually a pretty good song is there a part where someone in the background just goes for 40 minutes yeah pretty much 
And then it's next week on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play the track for you. Triple B's, I'm the man. I'm leveled up, I'm Super Saiyan. You said I can't, but I can't. Triple B's got the plan. Triple B's, I'm the man. I'm leveled up, I'm Super Saiyan. You said I can't, but I can't. Triple B's got the plan. I gotta say, he's not bad. Compared to a lot of current rappers where I don't understand why they're so popular. Like, a lot of these new rappers just sound like bad yeah <laughs> just like they try to sing and they do not have good voices at all and it's not auto-tuned enough or it's like travis scott is so auto-tuned that he doesn't sound like a human being he actually sounds like a decent rapper he here. sounds like a rapper which is why i gave him number three i also very much enjoy that the opening sound is an eagle screech because it reminds me of the eagle screech that happens when you do a game breaker number two dunk in nba street volume two it might be the which same i've one. been playing i very much enjoy that that made it in the beginning because god what a satisfying sound <laughs> It's so nonsensical. It's like someone's just like, oh, I'll put an eagle in the beginning so everyone knows the song starts. And he's like, okay. And then he goes into Fruity Loops and puts the eagle in. I wonder if the eagle was credited. Probably not. I'm going to say probably not. Feet Sam Eagle. Feet Eagle. <laughs> Feet Endangered Species. All right, we're going to move on to number two because Lonzo Ball does not deserve this much discussion of him as a person. He's over 21, right? We could talk shit about him. I think so. Regardless, he's got to shave his beard, man. It's bad. It's, <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's so cheeky. I'm going to go back and put him into the bad facial hair section if he doesn't get that shit together. <laughs> Mike, number two, it's the god. It's Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, okay. This is actually a good choice. He's not that bad. Like, yes, we'll clown on him for Kazam, but Shaquille can rap. He does have musical ability. And like, yes, you sure. can argue he's the most successful rapper slash NBA player of all time. Yes, I would say so. His debut album, Shaq Diesel, went platinum. The follow-up, Shaq Fu, went gold. He had Biggie, Jay-Z, Rakim, Mob Deep, and Bobby Brown helped out with albums, did features. Like, you can't deny the music power there. No, it's a star-studded cast of people helping him out. I really like the song Where You At, which is featuring Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest. Oh, R.I.P. And my favorite thing about it is that the beginning is actually really similar to Check the Rhyme from Tribe Called Quest, where Fife and Q-Tip like invite each other into the cipher. Like, you on point tip all the time, Fife. But instead, <laughs> instead, Fife says, yo, Shaq, where you at? And Shaq replies, I'm over here. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> That's like the, we have a tribe called Quest at home, honey, and then you come home and it's that. Okay, well, we have to make that meme. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll put it on the Instagram. I just like that Shaq is saying, oh, Fife, I'm over here. I'm, I'm Shaq. I'm also seven feet, two inches tall. How did you not see me, Fife? I'm famous large man, Shaquille O'Neal. Do they have any sort of line between the two of them about how Fife is five foot four and Shaq is seven foot two and there's almost a two foot difference between these two human beings? I don't think it's notable, no. It should be. They should say that. Fife raps about him being short all the time in a positive way, and I love it. He has amazing bars such as short, dark, and handsome. Uh, That's it. very good. And now the number one NBA player slash rapper has to be Damian Lillard. Has to be. Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. Does he spell Dollar with a zero instead of an L? No, but he, it's each one, it's like an acronym. It's D.O.L.L.A. What does the acronym stand for? I don't know. I think it's just Dollar. Oh, wait. <laughs> does only... Large licks always. Damien, oh, ladies love always. All. <laughs> Dame? Damien, question mark? Oh, ladies love always. <laughs> yep, that's it. I did find the acronym. Oh, it does you stand know for what Dallas stands for? It stands for different on levels the Lord allows. Ugh, I liked yours better. <laughs> 
Um, Dame has actually contributed to the hip hop community. He started the hashtag four bar Friday, which just like to get people to just like spit four bars on Friday and do it on Instagram. He's actually gotten a lot of people to do it. Like Paul George did it. LeBron James did it. Iman Shumpert did it. It's kind of cool. Just like getting people just to spit rhymes on Instagram. LeBron's was probably you said shut up and dribble on this news day, but I'm too hyped because it's Taco Tuesday. I like LeBron's Taco Tuesday with his family Instagram stories. They make me so happy every week. <laughs> Anthony Davis was on this most recent one. Yeah, and he looked incredibly uncomfortable like he always does. <laughs> it's almost like living in LA is not a good thing for Anthony Davis. It's almost like he's going to be really bad in Space Jam 2, which just replaced its director. I think this movie's going to suck. <laughs> I'm still going to see it opening night. Like, you know I am. 100%. We're going to the midnight premiere, but it might be very bad. You know, the new director, he directed wonderful hits such as Soul Plane, Scary Movie 5, and Barbershop Part 3. He also directed Girls Trip. Yes, he did one one for five. Don't you dare <laughs> talk about Soul Plane like that. Soul Plane is hilarious. Don't, act, don't fucking act like you saw Soul Plane. I saw Soul Plane. It's very good. <laughs> it's very Honestly, very good. Very good. Uh, it's probably got a blistering 27 on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean anything. Okay. Proof of Damian Lillard being good at rapping is that he went on Sway's morning show where everyone notoriously freestyles. And his freestyle was extremely good. Me being the chosen one was like a blessing and deception. City known for homicide, majority depression. Grinding in the gym so I could live through the recession. Real goons show me love because they could feel how I'm connected. Background of a street dude, mind of a scholar. Just to pop our collar, man, we climbing for the dollar. I mean it when I say it, bro, we started from the bottom. Childhood friends dropping like leaves in this autumn. Don't believe time is money. Money is time. When you focus, man, you look up and your money is fine. I'm from a city where your friend is very good. He's extremely good. I sent you the lyrics. Uh, like they they broke this down on Genius. And like this is all about his struggles coming up in Oakland. So he's rapping about what he knows. He's still representing the city that he came from. Like I respect this so much. Yeah, it's really solid. And his flow is very good and it's got some flavor to it. And it, it sounds pretty unique. Like he doesn't sound like he is just trying to carbon copy someone else like Lonzo is doing. And that's impressive. I also very much enjoy that he is reciting his freestyle from memory because every now and then on Sway or other freestyle morning shows, people will be reading off of their phone or a laptop or notes or something. And I very much appreciate when people can memorize an entire freestyle that they wrote up and just slam it down. Nothing will ever touch Black Thoughts where he oh, rapped for 11 minutes straight. Black Thought, <laughs> this, the best rapper alive. 100%. God, so good. Everyone, this is not basketball related, but just search Black Thought Freestyle and it's 11 minutes long and you're, you'll think, Ugh, how could I watch this? And then two minutes in, your eyes will explode and melt into the back of your head and your entire house will catch on fire, but you'll still be watching the video. It's like, you know how US history like cuts off, cuts out like a lot of the black experience? Like you can watch this and then it's like, oh, I, I learned a lot of the things that I missed from before. He's phenomenal. All right, Mike, you want to hear the bad ones? I'm very excited. They're, they're pretty bad. This has got to be hard for you because picking three good ones, getting to three, a bit of a challenge, making only three for the bad ones, <laughs> that had to have been rough. It was tough, <laughs> but like some really jumped out to me. For example, number three, Kobe Bryant. Yay, thank goodness. He's so bad. Fuck you, Kobe Bryant. All right. So he had this debut album, Visions, that was supposed to come out in 2000. He was dropped by Sony Entertainment and it never came out. And the songs that we have from Visions are just straight trash. There's K-O-B-E, which is featuring Tyra Banks. You know, 
renowned R&B artist Tyra Banks. Uh, and then there's the other song called Thug Poet, because Brian is neither a thug or a poet. He's just absolutely swagless. It's just bad. The song is bad. Kobe's got a little bit of swag, but it all gets eradicated by his sexual abuse. I think he has no swag. Like, menacing isn't swag. Like, someone who's going to be critical of you constantly, like, that doesn't make you a cool guy. I see what you're saying, but I would like to point to Exhibit A of Matt Barnes trying to pump fake the ball into his face and Kobe not breaking stride or blinking. Listen, being soulless is not is not giving you swag. He's just cold. He looks really cool. He's just cold. He looks really cool. Type to get out in public, reframe my hand from a slap. No time for y'all. Too busy for y'all. Plenty of dimes turn me on, then turn me off. Try to show off. Get lost. Grow up. Real women, roll up. Let yourself go. If you feel this, let me know. Come on. This song is interesting because the background music sounds like it should be in an NSYNC song. And then Kobe is rapping like a Will Smith trying to sound mean. Mm -hmm. So none of this works. And then Tyra Banks just like shows up. And then Tyra Banks is there. (laughs) It's bad. Spies. It's bad. So number two is someone who keeps getting on our shit list regardless of what we're talking about. It's Delonte West. Oh, boy. Who you might remember from having a tryst with LeBron James's mom. Uh, he's also <laughs> decided to be a terrible rapper at the same time. Let's go back to 2011 during the NBA lockout. Delonte West just like couldn't stop doing stuff. Uh, he applied to jobs at Home Depot and BJ's. He became Regency Furniture Showroom's most famous delivery man. He bought a Ford Bronco, like O.J. Simpson, which was a weird thing to do. And then he leaked a few tracks from his mixtape, Lockout, under the name Charlie Reds. What? C-H-A-R-L-E-E-R-E-D-Z. Charlie Reds. But his most famous rapping came from uh, a video that he recorded with him and his cousin rolling up to a KFC where he buys like $50 worth of KFC and then he's just like rapping the entire time. It was like seven minutes of him just rapping kind of nonsense about why KFC is great. He tries to rhyme chicken with ingredient, which was wild. And then he gives shout outs to Chipotle, hot sauce, barbecue sauce, and then segues into a funky juice in my lap breakdown. Now, you may say that this is a bad video, but did you know that it's incredibly influential for one of the greatest artists of all time? I did not know this. Because Beyonce's line, I got hot sauce in my bag, comes from this video. I cannot believe that because mm-hmm. I'm sure Beyonce has hot sauce in her bag, though. I mean, I believe it because she's a Houston girl and that's what you got to do. But this is where it comes from. And very few people will know this, but now you've got some fun bar trivia. So was Delonte West like the first person in recorded media to say hot sauce in my bag? And then yes. Beyonce was like, oh shit, I definitely listened to this. I can't imagine that Beyonce listened to this entire video where Delonte West is just like freestyle like nonsensically about KFC. Well, he says it towards the beginning. So <laughs> maybe she only got that far in. She has co-opted lines from people we wouldn't say are the greatest lyricists. She takes some lines from Soldier Boy. True. Fair. Fair. So, fair. You know, I like Beyonce taking these things from people that frankly don't deserve it uh, and putting them up and being like, look, you can find a diamond from anywhere, even Delonte West. That's true. 
All right, number one worst rapper slash NBA player of all time. That goes to Steve, the franchise Francis. Oh, I did not know he had a rapping career, but I'm sure it's very bad. He did. So Steve Francis, if you don't know who he is, he was a former Rookie of the Year, three-time All-Star, and then he just kind of fizzled out of the league after putting up 18 points, six assists for his whole career. He used to be on the Rockets, and then he was on the Knicks. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was very bad. He was very bad, just kind of flamed out of the league. But then he started his rap career at 35 years old in 2012. Now, he never dropped a full-length project, but there is a single and a matching set of visuals, which is just bananas. And the song is called Finer Things. He can't sing. He's not really rapping all that well, but this video just makes absolutely no sense. And I'm going to send this to you. You can see that the title of this, I couldn't find the actual music video, but the title of this video is, Is Steve Francis Really Rapping? Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's it's interesting because given the intro and the people that have created this video, like Maserati Music, which cannot actually be sponsored by Maserati. Oh, no, that's like his, his like record label. Yeah, I'm sure they're trying to sue him real quick. I expected the video to be really low quality, but... The, the camera used, at least, is really nice. It's given me some ARC music vibes. You know, the people that did Friday with Rebecca Oh, Black. yeah, 100%. It's given me that kind of vibe where the video doesn't look that bad, but then the song is really garbage. So Steve Francis is hanging out with his paramour woman companion. There's like he's there on his private plane. There's jewelry. Someone's kid shows up at one point, like halfway through. It then goes, it's then black and white at that point. Like this music video doesn't make any sense and it doesn't fit the song at all. So it's like this song was already bad and then like they try to double down by making everything look opulent as hell. And like Steve Francis just can't get it together. What I will say to Steve Francis's credit is that he looks really happy in the video, which makes me happy for Steve. <laughs> Great job, Steve. I'm happy for him. He was bad. His career went south. He was in the five on five that I did for people who had great early starts to their career and then fizzled mm-hmm. out. So, you know, if he's having fun making music, even if it's bad and he looks really happy while doing it, more power to you, Steve Francis. It's just been seven years. And like, if it's your hobby, keep going at it, Steve. But until then, you are the worst NBA player slash rapper of all time. Yay. Yay. I did it. I did what I wanted. Nice. Cool. Super fun. Dope. Okay. So now. (laughs) You said so many of those. I don't know if you mean it. Oh, I do. So now we move on to something I've called dibs on months prior and finally got to discuss. And I went into this thinking, okay, this will be weird. And then I learned more things than I could have ever possibly imagined. In 2002, there was a new sport created called Slam Ball. And that actually happened yeah hell yeah i have so many fond memories of watching spike tv at like one in the morning and watching slam ball matches are they matches are they contests are they games i don't even know what i'm supposed to call them they're probably battles because everything in this damn sport they try to make things sound as cool as humanly possible i'm so ready so let me give you a little bit of history into slam ball it was created by a man named mason gordon who is the most Mason, like the name Mason Gordon, it fits so perfectly. Let me send you a picture of what Mason Gordon looks like. Yeah, Mason Gordon, uh, he's a white guy with tousled hair and looks like he beat me up in high school. So that's Mason Gordon for you. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to make a sport that felt like the high-flying video game antics of NBA Jam. And that sport was Slam Ball. So here are the rules of Slam Ball. <laughs> 
It's a four-on-four basketball game, but it is a full-contact sport. People wear knee pads, elbow pads, optional helmets, and it is played in an arena with plexiglass walls like a hockey rink. All I ever wanted when I was a kid was to do this, like, recreationally. Like, why was this not available for, like, 13 to 18-year-old boys to do on a regular basis? Because making a court that has four trampolines embedded into it is hard. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here are the positions of slam ball players. First, you have the stopper who defends the rim and is your main stalwart of defense. Then you have the handler who's basically your point guard, the person running the offense, dribbling the ball, passing a lot, etc. But then you have two gunners who are high flyers that score most of the points. Those are the people that are jumping and dunking from the trampolines. Mike, is this Quidditch? It sounds like Quidditch. <laughs> Who gets the snitch in Slam Ball? How dare you besmirch the name of Slam Ball? <laughs> so it has a 20-second shot clock. There's hockey substitutions, meaning that you can just keep subbing people out as often as you can. You have four people on your bench, and you just rotate them out at will. And here's how the scoring works. A regular shot, just a layup or a jump shot from the trampolines or whatever, is two points. A shot from behind the three-point line, which is now just anything behind the trampolines, is three points. And a dunk is worth three points, which I think is very good. Very good. First of all, who takes just a jump shot in slam ball? I mean, I've watched a lot of slam ball videos in research for this, and there's a lot of situations in which you get a lot of space because so many of the fouls are, hey, don't mess with the people trying to dunk until they've already jumped because the game is optimized to have as many dunks as possible. Of course, of course. And for everyone wondering what the layout of this court looks like, we've put a picture of it on the episode page at horsehoops.com. But just imagine a regular basketball court, but then two horizontal rectangle trampolines leading up to the rim and then a vertical one on each side. Just pretty much the whole inside three-point area is trampolines with those little divider cushiony things in between. I feel like a rectangular trampoline means that you mean business. (laughs) like if it's a circular one it's like oh yeah my kid we just like kind of jump around it's fine but if it's a rectangular one it's like i'm gonna shoot you into the roof (laughs) so the trampolines are very interesting there is something called a reset so once you enter the trampolines with the ball you can't leave the trampolines and continue dribbling if you enter the trampoline that's basically saying i'm gonna try to shoot or pass but you know what you can do you can throw the ball off the wall and pass it to yourself and jump off the trampolines and that's okay yeah and that's called a reset that sounds great (laughs) also they have some modified basketball rules so in basketball you have something called three in the key where whether on offense or on defense you can't stay inside of the painted area under the basket for more than three consecutive seconds without either going for a shot or going up against a defender in slam ball it's three in the island where you can't just camp out in the trampolines or on the little dividers because then you would just put everyone around the same area and just prevent dunks all the time you need to optimize for dunks wait can we change the name of our show to optimize for dunks We could. It would be quite wordy, but the horse podcasting community, i.e. the podcasts that are actually about horses, would probably be happy. (laughs) If you have an equestrian (laughs) podcast and you're pissed with us, just contact us. Tweet at us, at horse underscore hoops. Or don't. (laughs) Speaking of optimizing for dunks, you can contact someone's arm or hand on a dunk attempt, and it's not a foul. You just can't hit their torso or legs. (laughs) 
I appreciate that though. Like, imagine there was a game that had trampolines, and it's called Slam Ball, and like there weren't that many dunks. <laughs> Just really high jump shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your jump shots go down on a downwards angle. <laughs> So, also, what's very fun is there is a rule in the game where you can't popcorn someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't intentionally jump on the trampoline in a way to make someone trip or fall or launch too high or whatever. Which makes me a little sad because I would love to see people trying to actively game the system to make people's jumps not work. But it also makes sense. Can dogs play slam ball? <laughs> is that in the rules? There's no rule that says they can't. Okay, so there's a rule about popcorning, but there's no rule about dogs. Got it. Airbud 9. Slam slam pub. <laughs> also, they're really big on trying to tout slam ball as somewhat of a hybrid between basketball and football. Apparently, most of these slam ball athletes, like the top slam ballers, came from a football background because slam ball is a full contact sport. You're allowed to check people and just knock people over under certain circumstances. <laughs> So if an offensive player has the ball, you can check someone as long as you don't check them from the back or check them before they started to dribble or check them while they are trying to enter the trampoline. Anything else, you can just lay a dude out. So if someone's dribbling down the court, you can just truck stick them into the wall. And it's fine. I feel like dribbling puts you in such a vulnerable position. <laughs> you have to do it, though. So I guess you could pass a lot. But yeah, you can just get wrecked if you're dribbling. That's amazing. And I love it. Now, if you check someone when you're not supposed to or do any sort of other foul, there's a face-off instead of free throws. There are no free throws in slam ball, just one-on-one -on -one showdowns. Of course. <laughs> what was I thinking? So this works like a penalty kick in soccer where the offensive player who has been fouled gets the ball at half court and then the stopper on the team is bouncing up and down in the trampoline closest to the basket. And the person just runs full speed at the trampolines and tries to dunk over the stopper and the stopper tries to stop them. And that's how you shoot foul shots. Now, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, this, these rules seem unimpeachable. How is this not more popular than hockey in the United States? Honestly, I'm not sure. Now that we understand the rules, the creation of Mason Gordon, let me give you a history of Slam Ball and its very quick rise and fall and resurgence at the end. Oh, it's a redemption story. It's a redemption story indeed. There's a semi-happy ending, I guess. <laughs> so... Mason Gordon comes up with this idea. He approaches Mike Trollin, who is a TV and film producer. His works include Smallville, Wild Hogs, and Coach Carter, which is the three most different things I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Good for this guy. What a resume. Like CW TV show about Superman, bad Adam Sandler and his friends movie, and Coach Carter, a Disney film about basketball. <laughs> Listen, don't you dare besmirch Wild Hogs like that. Also, Adam Sandler wasn't even in Wild Hogs. Are you sure? That feels like... You're close. Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, John Travolta, William H. Macy. Oh, I'm confusing this with the other one that's the same movie, which is Kevin James, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, and David Spade. Yes. They're both called Wild Hogs. It's... <laughs> So initially, Trollin did not like this idea, but he gave it some thought and then went back to Gordon. And within six months after their first meeting, a slam ball court was built. Congratulations. They recruited local streetball players in the Los Angeles area to form the two original teams, which were called the L.A. Rumble and the Chicago Mob. They played an exhibition series in 2001 with the Mob winning. Good names, by the way. 
very good names. All of the names are very fun, and we'll get into those later. Let me send you a picture of the original mob team, which we will put at horsehoops.com. Mob team. Can you tell who the coach is? <laughs> All right. Do, <laughs> so this, do you want to describe what everyone in this photo looks like, or at least just the coach and not the absolutely. coach? Absolutely. All right. So the team, they all have like knee pads and arm pads, and they're sweaty. And there's a very built basketball players. The majority of them are black men. Uh, they all look very stoic, and they're very, they look very serious. And then on the right, <laughs> you see this white guy. With khaki shorts, with a belt in it, and a polo who's smiling. <laughs> He's like, I'm just happy to be here. What does he have to coach them on? What is he supposed to tell them? Well, a big thing that they had to do, and we'll get into this, is that they had to teach people how to use trampolines and how to do so safely. So they do this exhibition in 2001, and a lot of people get interested. 400 people sign up with interest to play in the future Slam Ball League. They reduce this list to 60, and they welcome them into the Slam Ball Combine, which takes place in the 2001 offseason before the 2002 inaugural season begins. They teach these players how to use the trampoline safely and something called aerial body control. So just letting them know like, hey, we are doing an incredibly dangerous sport. Here's how you steer in the air and not murder someone. Oh, so this guy was like a high school gym teacher. I guess he was a gymnastics coach or That's something. I, thought, yeah. I don't know. He looks like it. So in 2002, Slamball makes its television debut on the national network, which the next year later was rebranded to Spike TV. And it started after a former Philadelphia 76ers owner, Pat Croce, became a partner. So I like that someone from the NBA came back and was like, you know what? I'm going to make Slamball happen. I'm going to be the savior of Slamball. That's what they call me. They started with six teams. These names are delicious. The names are the Bouncers, the Diablos, the Mob, the Rumble, the Slashers, and the Steel. But S-T-E-A-L, like in basketball. And like in robberies. In heists. <laughs> well, I like the Diablos. Mm -hmm. Diablos pretty good. Like, it's not enough to just be the Devils. Like, we're going to be the Diablos, guys. So this first season went pretty well. ESPN even debuted a feature about the new league. And then the second season started in 2003. It was on Spike TV. It had more viewers. It had more popularity. But after this season ended, Mason Gordon, the creator, and Turner Television had a disagreement. And I tried finding out what happened in this disagreement, but there was no detail about what went wrong. All it said was that there was some sort of creative differences between what Mason Gordon had envisioned the league to be and what Turner wanted it to look like. They just couldn't find a common ground, and the league ended up being dissolved after their second season in 2003. Listen, it was obviously over the color of the basketball. <laughs> Mason Gordon wanted it to be glow in the dark. Turner thought it should be red, white, and blue. It's it's a big grade of difference that they couldn't get over. See, you jest, but they did use a black basketball because <laughs> it's cooler. And <laughs> so I nailed it. Also, in that second season, they added two new teams: the Riders and the Bandits. Wait, but there's already a robbery team. That's very confusing. That's why they were heated rivals. <laughs> Also, what's very fun is on the Wikipedia page, it says one notable player on the Bandits was Craig Skitsmith, who would later go on to co-create the video game entertainment channel Screw Attack. Now, I've never heard this. I don't know if this is popular, but it makes me think that Craig Skitsmith of Screw Attack wrote this on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, 100%. This ends in 2003. There's a bit of a gap. But then in 2007, they bring Slam Ball to Italy. 
and they also bring Slamball to Atlanta in the Slamball Powerade Final Four Showdown, which, you know how when the Final Four comes to a city and they do a whole thing in the whole week leading up to the Final Four? They did that. They did a Slamball tournament to try to get it back in the mix. And it was actually successful because in 2008, Slamball started planning for a new season. It was going to be financed by IMG, and the league accepted applications for new players, and it was going to be held in three different U.S. cities in 2008. So it was actually looking like it was going to get back on track. They had 64 players. They made eight teams. But then things didn't go so well. Before the league started, they had to cut two of the teams. So it was down to six. And then the season was fine, but it didn't get enough traction to warrant being picked up by major networks and stuff. But there is a very fun note. Remember how we talked about Mike Trollin working on the film Coach Carter? Mm -hmm. Well, the coach of the Rumble, who made it to the finals, but they ended up losing, was Ken Carter Coach Carter from Coach Carter. The real Coach <laughs> Carter coached a slam ball team and they made it to the slam ball finals. <laughs> our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your slam ball does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you in slam ball. So this 2008 season ended, it didn't end up getting picked up, and for the most part, Slam Ball seemed to go dormant until 2015. Slam Ball resurfaced in China. Of course. Of course it did. So Mason Gordon heads on over to China, gets someone to be the director of Slam Ball Asia, and starts putting together Slam Ball China. Slam Ball Asia sounds like a virus I got on my computer in like 2008. <laughs> So there's a YouTube video about this. Vice Sports made a really nice feature about, hey, remember Slam Ball? It still exists. And I'll put a link to it at the episode page of horsehoop.com. But they had a great quote from one of the Chinese Slam Ball players. He says, quote, a lot of girls go crazy about Slam Ball. Nope. After each match, we get more girls following us on Weibo. And then in parentheses, it lets you know that that is a Chinese social media, which I guess is their Facebook. He then goes on to say, they give us their phone numbers. No, <laughs> nope, you're a liar. You're a liar, sir. It was actually kind of a cool video because you have Stan Fletcher and some other people from Slam Ball teaching this sport to people internationally. And something that they admit is people see the sport and they want to do it, but they just don't have the facilities. People don't have trampoline basketball courts to play So on. weird. So weird that that's <laughs> happening. So they thought it was cool that they're giving the opportunity for people to play. And you know what? Go for it. Why not? It's fun. It's silly. Let's see if it catches on. But Mason Gordon is convinced that Slam Ball is following the trajectory of the MMA. He multiple times has stated that there are these sports that start and then dip in popularity and come back. He points to skateboarding and the X Games. He points to MMA. And he's really convinced that Slam Ball is right on track and that it was popular and then no one heard about it for like a decade. And now it's back, baby. And he thinks it's going to work. He said in an interview that in five to ten years, he believes that Slam Ball will be played in over 100 countries across the globe. All right, Mason. Okay. For, here's the, <laughs> Mason, here's the difference between the thing that you want to happen and the things that the other examples. Skateboarding, all you really need is a board. Mm -hmm. In MMA, all you need are two dudes who want to kick the shit out of each other. With Slam Ball, you need a specially made cord. <laughs> With trampolines in it, inside, and you also need gymnastics training so you don't kill yourself. But the ending of this Vice Sports feature has some wonderful quotes 
from Mason Gordon that are the most Mason Gordon quotes you can think of. Quote, when everyone that was an expert in the space told me that I should stop and that I should grow up and go do something else, I was like, fuck you, dude. I'm going to take this thing <laughs> as far as I can take it. Fuck you, dude. Going to do my own basketball trampoline thing. Go pound sand. He then follows this up by saying, I'm either going to be Dana White with hair or I'm going to be like cracked out in the back of some alley somewhere. It's going to go one of those two ways. And then the Vice Sports feature ends. <laughs> We'll obviously put a link to this, but you, it's so funny. We cannot confirm about whether or not Mason Gordon is Dana White right now. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So the final note that I want to leave you on with Slam Ball is that it had some media presence and it really made its way across things. The things that you would assume like when it was first coming out, like Sports Illustrated and ESPN and other news outlets. But did you know, Eric? that there was a five-episode arc about Slam Ball in the hit mid-2000s show One Tree Hill? Oh, yes. Good. <laughs> That's amazing. That is, like, entirely my wheelhouse of things to make fun of. In the One Tree Hill episode called Choosing My Own Way of Life, Nathan, is that Chad Michael Murray? Is he Nathan? I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know. Here, let me Google. We're a basketball podcast. Chad Bogleberry plays Lucas Scott, who has two first names. So Nathan is someone else that plays basketball on One Tree Hill. But Nathan is offered a position on a slam ball team. The storyline ran five episodes and featured several of slam ball's top players. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I've never really wanted to watch One Tree Hill, but now I really want to watch just the slam ball scenes. And I want to see this story arc through. It spanned five episodes, which just speaks to the fervor of it. Because I was surprised that Slam Ball only lasted two seasons, because I remember watching a lot of Slam Ball in 2003. I think in episodes that we don't want to do a three on three, I think we should have like a basketball movie night mm. where we just take like the basketball scenes from things. I think we should definitely take the basketball scenes from One Tree Hill and do this. 100%. Yeah. I, there, I know basketball is a big thing in One Tree Hill, so I'd be very down to check that out. But yeah, this. That's Slam Ball, which happened and is still happening. And Mason Gordon out here, he's on one of two trajectories. He's either going to make this sport kick off or he's going to be cracked out in an alley. And, you know, best of luck to you, Mason. I'm sure with that attitude, you're going to go so far. Mm -hmm. Very professional. Definitely want to see this person be in charge of a sports league. And that actually happened. Are you surprised that this man... <laughs> Like, wouldn't you be more surprised if, like, a well-adjusted, woke person was, like, running Slam Ball? Yes, 100%. It's fun because Slam Ball is the most 2003 sport to exist, from the team names to the font to the concept to the way that it was talked about and the presentation of it is very 2003. And Mason Gordon is very 2003. And he just hasn't left 2003. <laughs> I'm just surprised the word extreme isn't, like, in any of the branding. The official lettering of Slam Ball really conveys it. If you just look at the Slam Ball logo, they're pretty much saying extreme. The underlying is extreme with an X. It's very italicized. <laughs> <laughs> you know what italicized font means? Extreme sports. <laughs> That's, I mean, pretty much. It's action-y because it looks like the words are moving. <laughs> Slam ball. Slam ball. The jump. The real jump was slam ball. Ah, oh, the real jump was the slam ball we made along the way. 
thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campamanas. And the website is by Kelly Beckman. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Bran Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, James Harden went to Arizona State, Hufflepuff Hillary, Samantha Rose, Catherine Lee, and Polly Burridge. Mike, you know where you can go ask Shaq where he's at, and then he'll respond, I'm over here? In Slamball, Italy. <laughs> and on our social media. You can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find us at Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter. It's because, as we say every episode, it's because... Horse Hoops is cracked out in the back of an alley somewhere. Jesus Christ. And because <laughs> Horse Hoops was banned. Our website is HorseHoops.com, which is all of our research and the visual stuff you didn't see, because this is a podcast. And if you want some sweet bonus content, such as Eric somehow finding more good rappers, but very easily finding bad rappers, and us talking about basketball, we did some really in-depth coverings of trades and interviews and all this other stuff, you can head on over to Patreon.com slash HorseHoops. You know who's definitely going Super Saiyan? Mason Gordon, if he uh, keeps his hair and becomes new Dana White. We're really mashing our two, our two <laughs> ideas together there. Uh, it's Multitude. Multitude is an audio collective of awesome people who just want to make better podcasts for you to listen to. We are horse. We are spirits. We are join the party. We are potterless. We are Waystation. We are our upcoming show, Head, Heart, Gut, which is on the multi-crew. You can find us on the internet at multitude.productions. You can find us on Twitter at Multitude Shows. And you can go to multicrew.club to join the multi-crew and get some cool new shit. And as we end every episode, put our hands in the middle and say something count of three so i think it's only fitting to pay homage to both delante west and beyonce to say hot sauce in my bag on the count of three. <laughs> One, two, three. Hot, hot sauce, sauce in, in my, my bag, bag. Swags, swags, swags. you can tell i like it a lot more when beyonce does it i wonder if delante west is credited on that song i'll have to go and i'd say do probably not i wish i hope he was i hope he gets very tiny residuals Listen, he tried to rhyme chicken with ingredient. I do not think that Beyonce credited him. Power to him. He's a visionary. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.